Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This podcast is sponsored by Babydo, a dedicated pregnancy support brand providing only the best products with the biggest benefits for you and your baby. From birthing balls to pregnancy support belts, they help pregnant ladies relieve those dreaded aches and pains. Visit them today at www.babygo.uk and get a whole 10% off this Christmas using my code CLUELESS10 on checkout. I'm Nadia Essex. I'm best known for giving out dating advice to celebrities. And when it comes to dating relationships, I know my stuff. However, life has thrown me the ultimate curveball. I'm pregnant and I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Now, instead of dishing out the advice, darlings, I need your help. So whether you're a mum-to-be like me or already super mum of the year, we are all in this together. Welcome to the Clueless Mum Podcast. Welcome, darlings. We are at the penultimate episode of The Clueless Mum. How? How has it happened? It's flown by. And this week, as you can probably still hear in my voice, I don't, I'm less Phoebe Buffet and more like Flemmy Buffet at the moment, to be fair. Um, still not 100%, but definitely on the mend. I had to book an emergency doctor's appointment and I got diagnosed with... Um, a touch of bronchitis, uh, which is, <laughs> I never had bronchitis before, so that was a trip. I didn't get it bad enough to warrant risking antibiotics. The doctor said, just power through. And if you still feel crappy on Monday, come back. And I started to feel better. So I'm powering through. Um, yeah, and starting to feel a bit more human now, thank goodness as is the life of the clueless mum it has been a roller coaster of a pregnancy and as one door closes another opens Uh, so just getting over sickness and today I had my 28 week midwife appointment I haven't seen my midwife since I thought it was end of September but she said we saw each other just before my 20 week scan um, so a minimum of eight weeks, haven't seen anyone and been plodding along as you do and went to the appointment and this appointment, you're supposed to do your diabetes test. So you are, you have to buy like Lucozade or glucose tablets, the ones that you chew and you have to put 17 tablets into a cup, put boiling water, dissolve them, let it cool down or something, I don't know, and then drink it. And then an hour later, you go and have a specific test. I don't know if it's, I think it's a blood test. I'm not sure. I, I didn't do it anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know, eight weeks ago, I saw her. Unless you remind me about this stuff, like... It wasn't there on my notes under the appointment, so it just slipped out of my mind. So we were laughing and joking about that, and she said, oh, yeah, it's worth going in. And I was like, well, you know what? 
I mean, I'm sensitive to coffee. So do I really want to put 17 tablets of glucose in my body? I will be bouncing off the walls. I, I really don't want it. And she was like, yeah, you should get it. You know, gestational diabetes is serious. Um, and it's something that we recommend everybody do. And I was like, okay, you know, sort of, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll grin and bear it. I'll do it, but I'll have to do it. I have to book the appointment myself and go and do it at the hospital because my midwife, for some reason, I can't remember why she, she couldn't do it. So anyway, use the Doppler, listen to the baby. Everything's heartbeat's great. Blood pressure's great. I had an oxygen level at the emergency doctor my oxygen levels were good so all in all things were good so I lie down and she's this is where they start measuring the bump so she measured my bump and sat down and burst out laughing and was like (laughs) so you're not going to have to do the diabetes 17 tablet glucose test and I was like oh fantastic what great news and she said because you are almost double the size that you should be and therefore I'm going to send you straight for a scan and I was like (laughs) excuse me she's like yeah you are way above the chart in terms of the size of your bump it doesn't necessarily mean that the size of your baby is big but the, the bump is obviously an indication that you have a large baby in your tummy and at 28 weeks you're way bigger than we would expect you to be so you need to go have a scan and then the scan will tell us where the baby's at and if the baby is large then we're gonna have to do some things too you can't counteract the largeness i don't know what she said it's all a bit of a blur if the baby's big then you i may be looking at getting induced early because it's very dangerous to have a big baby so I kind of switched off at this point you know when you just kind of I was at the midwife's and I was just like I'm still not feeling 100% I stupidly turned up at my midwife appointment at 10.20 this morning and my appointment was at 1.20 baby brain is real um and she was like it's probably fine you know I'm four foot eleven it probably just is no space so left the midwife came home and then you just start thinking about stuff don't you you start thinking like I am likely to have gestational diabetes I um have had a rough pregnancy in terms of my eating and my quote-unquote morning sickness and so the things that don't make me feel sick are carbohydrates and sweets and I'm not a sweet person you know before pregnancy I was a vegetarian and I didn't have a sweet tooth since being pregnant I've eaten a hell of a lot of meat a load of carbohydrates and I think I was having like pan chocolat for breakfast every day <laughs> so it's very scary it's scary to think that I have eaten badly so much so that it's affected my baby before my baby's even been born it makes you feel like a really bad (laughs) mum. it makes you feel like you are you're really crap at this um to sort of fail at the first hurdle 
which is quite emotional. So it's very, it's difficult to deal with because it's true. You know, I, no one's, no one's done this, but me, I have, I have put the sweets in my mouth. I have eaten poorly. I have made a choice to eat badly. And unfortunately that choice hasn't just affected me. It's now potentially affecting my baby, which, you know, is, there couldn't be more of a sort of dictionary definition of a bad mother. So it's been a lot to deal with, first of all, those sort of um, thoughts. And I try not to get up too upset because it's just, it breaks your heart, especially when you know you've only got yourself to blame. But you try and and think, you know, this is a challenge to be overcome. I'm I'm only at twenty eight weeks. This is not something that has to be how it is for the rest of my pregnancy. And apparently, even if I do have it, just with a change of nutrition, I can. I don't know if she said I could cure it, but I could certainly counteract it so I'm trying not to let all the bad thoughts because that's the first anyone that's pregnant will know the first thing that comes into your head when you do something wrong or you make a mistake or something bad you just oh you're a bad mum you don't deserve to have the gift of a child you're going to be a terrible mum this is you know an insight of things to come and just basically you just beat yourself up because you just feel like crap what I'm trying to do is to keep level-headed I'm trying to keep calm. I'm trying to not let those dark thoughts overtake um, and affect my mental health badly. I'm trying to keep things into perspective. So I think the plan going forward is I'm going to write a menu and I'm going to do a lot more research into low GI foods. And I'm just going to make some small changes now that so that when I have the scan and then if I get the diagnosis I'm kind of in ahead of the game and I'm in I'm already practicing like eating better um but it's scary stuff it's scary to think that I've eaten my way to uh unhealthy oven for my baby and that my baby could be at risk because gestational diabetes is a serious risk so it's a lot to deal with, darlings. When uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'm laughing because it's not even funny, but it's a lot to deal with. So I'm just trying to be positive. And if any of you have suffered from gestational diabetes, please let me know. Um, did you cure yourself? If so, how? Um, I'd also like to hear from all the smaller petite mummies. But I don't, there's not many forums and things for like us five foot and under or five one and under petite mums. Because my midwife said that it could just be, my baby could be fine. It could just be that I'm four foot 11 and there's absolutely no room for the baby to move. So the bump's got to go out because it can't go anywhere else. So my bump could be huge because I'm teeny tiny, but the baby could be perfectly fine. I just need to hear from some smally, smally mummies like me. Like, did you have an exceptionally big bump? Did you have the same experience? Did they think you had it? And then when you went for your scan, everything was good. I just, yeah, I need your 
I need my community to tell me what what their experiences are because it's all new to me and I am shitting myself I'm not gonna lie this podcast is sponsored by Parent Chum the hub for everything parenthood Parent Chum provide an online destination where parents can go to get support make new friends and join a community of mums and dads Parent Chum is the place to openly express how you feel you can watch a video read a blog from an everyday parent watch a free webinar get support from experts be part of an empowering forum and so much more go check them out on social media and if you've got a question for them remember to use the hashtag hey chummy and i'm here to lighten up the mood moving on um to something (laughs) based on the fact that what we just spoke about could be completely relevant or it could be completely inappropriate you decide but it's coming up to festive season obvs it's christmas i am a huge christmas fan i love everything festive i've had a wreath on my front door since november and i've been listening to christmas music for weeks and weeks and weeks i love it i must say i am getting a little bored of not being able to have a drink <laughs> before before the trolls start i apologize i know it's not the pc thing to say but it's not easy <laughs> i i was a drinker and i'm you know i'm not ashamed to say that i was a drinker i enjoyed a drink i loved a tipple usually by now where are we we're sort of mid-december by now on a usual christmas I would have gone through at least a bottle of Baileys, a couple of bottles of mulled wine. I would be having alcohol very, very often because everything at the moment is like alcohol is okay. You know, even my hot chocolates I used to put brandy in or Baileys in or or something just because, I don't know, you wanted just a constant tipsiness through festive period. It was fabulous so it's a little boring so it's a little boring because everything that i would normally do around now you can't really do like you can't go to winter wonderland i can't go ice skating i mean i went to um i went on a train ride with my brother and my niece and my nephew who are nearly two and three and we saw santa and it was magical it was so lovely but before we got on the train the adults had mulled wine and then on the train they had a Bailey's and a hot chocolate and a, I think a bottle of cider and it was just really nice and magical and then there's little old me sitting there sort of sober being like yay Merry Christmas Woo. and they're all getting a bit tiddly so it is <laughs> it's weird um, I'm trying to think about things to do that don't revolve around alcohol and one of my lovely friends, Tara, was like, I know, it's fantastic. Let me take you for afternoon tea. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's great. However, my version of afternoon tea usually involved a cup of tea, just because I do like a cup of tea, but then copious amounts of champagne. <laughs> because that's how I did afternoon tea. You know, I, you need 
bubbles, darling. It's afternoon tea. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find if you've got any ideas on some fun things to do around Christmas and, and New Year. I mean, yeah. I, I, what do you do around New Year without alcohol? Any ideas? I'm trying to think outside the box. I'm trying to think of things that are fun. Um, and I'm having difficulty. And this just could be naive, stupid brain, or it could be just pure ignorance. But, I, you know, any suggestions that you have, what did you do over Christmas when you were pregnant? I, I know that I can have a glass of wine, or some people say, you can have a glass of wine. I don't want a glass of wine. That's not what I'm sort of bored of. I like the tiddly feeling, you know? When you're absolutely freezing cold and you have that first sip of of Baileys and it goes down and all of your muscles relax and everything just starts tingling and then you have a couple of sips and you're just like, oh, you start to get, you start to feel all buzzy and zizzy and fabulous and, and you feel warm from the inside out and the world just seems a little bit kinder and a little bit more cosy and, oh, that's the feeling I miss and you just don't get that from well a glass of wine you probably would get it from to be fair because I haven't drunk in a while but it's just not the same so I'm not I don't necessarily you know want to drink I just want to find fun things to do so if you have any tips on any fun things to do over Christmas and New Year that don't involve alcohol please come on my Instagram and tell me because I'm scratching my head over here I'm kind of stuck Lots of self-care, but yeah, I need, I need your advice, darling, so please let me know. Something else that is probably not very PC that I want to talk about, well, it's not probably, I know it's not PC. I've never heard anyone talk about this, but I hope I'm not the only one. I'm getting to the stage now where everybody's asking, um, am I going to have a 4D scan? And it's almost assumed. People now don't even ask, are you going to have one? People say to me, when is your 4D scan? I haven't booked a 4D scan. And I'll tell you for why. I am... (laughs) I'm honestly like, the words haven't come out of my mouth. And as they do, I can't even get them out. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. Here we go. I'm reluctant to have a 4D scan because what if they show you the picture of your baby and you just take one look at it and go, nah. (laughs) Like, no. Ew. Like, what what if you see that picture and you're like, you don't, you don't love him and you don't feel loving feelings and you just see this like ugly squished up face and and you feel really disconnected like I'm really I haven't ever said this out loud to another human being outside of this but what if you see that picture and it kind of like cuts the cord of bonding and I'm now like 
yeah, I don't love my baby because my baby's ugly. And I know I'm not talking about aesthetically ugly. I'm just talking about that that bond, you know, because obviously it's a baby. They all look like, well, none of them are when they're first out. I'm sure they're all squished up. So nothing's aesthetically nice, I'm sure. But I'm just really like, I'm worried. Is that normal? Or is that the most effed up thing you've ever heard in your entire life? And I apologize if it is. But I've just got to be honest about how I feel. 100% seeing the picture, not liking what I see, is making me not want to have a scan. Uh, Eek. (laughs) Do I bite the bullet and just do it? Or... Or do I just wait until he comes into the world and then hope and pray that when I see his little face, I get those bonding feelings and I get those feelings of love? It's a toughie. And I, I've only, you know, I need your guys' advice. Like, what would you do? Would you rip off the Band-Aid and go and get it done? Or would you wait and hope for the best? Please let me know, because I don't have a clue, darlings. Well, darlings another day another crazy podcast and I just wanted to say thank you because the messages that you guys have been sending me on social media since I've been poorly with my bronchitis have really lifted my spirits and any mummies to be out there or any mummies out there that are currently suffering with a cold or some sort of illness you are my hero absolute hero like I I'm able to be at home and feel sorry for myself and wrap up warm you guys if you've got kids if you've got nine to five jobs if you've got other commitments you don't you definitely don't get the recognition you deserve I want you to know that I recognize you and if you are struggling this festive period I hear you girlfriend please please go on my social media there'll be lots more tips and hints of how to keep yourself healthy mentally and physically fingers crossed if i don't have diabetes but that could happen so i'll keep you i'll keep you informed darlings (laughs) darlings thank you for listening to the clueless mum podcast please let me know what you think by leaving a review on the apple podcast store and please subscribe because each week i'm getting closer to my due date and i'm scared (laughs) i need your support